0: Hey there, welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Our interview guest today is Brendan Hannon of Skylark. Before we get going, you can sign up for a subscription to my writing site at grantwall.com. It has all my writing, including magazine-style stories and on-site coverage of the men's and women's game. That's grantwall.com. Now, here's my interview with Brendan Hannon. Our guest now is Brendan Hannon. He's a former senior vice president of marketing for the LA Galaxy, who's now starting a marketing communications and storytelling production agency called Skylark. Brendan, it's great to see you. Congrats on the new gig, and thanks for coming on the show. Grant, how the heck are you? Thanks for taking the time for uh, having me on, and uh, it's great to see you as well. Um, Lots to talk about here, and, and I should explain first my history with you. Like I think I met you when you were with the Chicago Fire back in the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, we probably first met uh, when I was an intern for Major League Soccer, maybe in 2008 or 2009, Uh, and then we probably worked closely together once I was at the Chicago Fire starting in 2010, so uh, it's been a minute.
0: Yeah, no, you contacted me in New York, and I think we had lunch uh, in New York back in the day, but um, I always uh, found you to be, among other things, tremendously good to work with, uh, at all of your places, including the Galaxy, and uh, you returned emails faster than anybody I've ever met in this job, which I, I always wanted to ask you, is that like, um, did you have some secret code set up to do that? <laughs> no, I
1: I think somewhere along the way, I just, I mean, I think one of the things that I always wanted to be was easy to work with. Um, I wanted the players to think I was easy to work with. I wanted the, the journalists and the media to think I was easy to work with. And I wanted the uh, staff that I was collectively working with to, to think that I was you know, responsive and, and somebody who's relatively uh, uh, amenable to, to all situations. Uh, when it comes to, to responding to emails, that's maybe just like a bit of a golden rule situation for me um i always want sort of people to respond quickly to me and so uh i, I probably um took some level of pride in that in that when a, an email came through and um you know I, i'd love to say that it was just for you Grant. Um but uh but i tried to be that that quick and that responsive with uh, with almost everyone
0: so you did obviously do much more than that uh in your jobs over the years uh and i have questions about that and also too uh, you know you worked with some very very prominent athletes david beckham zlatan ibrahimovic landon donovan over the years and so i'm i'm curious to hear some stories about that yeah um but first off here you have a new company why did you name it skylark uh well, decided on the name Skylark um,
1: after some level of deliberation, but uh, my business partner, a guy, Mark Laskevich, and I sort of uh, both got our starts in, in soccer. He was working for the U.S. Soccer Federation, and I was working for the Chicago Fire at the time. Um, and there's a dilapidated dive bar uh, in Chicago called Skylark, and we enjoyed going in there and uh, uh, taking advantage of some... Uh, cheap libations and and we sort of thought from a business perspective um, i think that i like to think of businesses sort of uh, like patrons at a bar um, everybody's got a different order uh, and i always felt that way especially when i worked with with players um, you know Landon Donovan's got a different order than Steven Gerrard's got a different order than Omar Gonzalez than Robbie Keane and so uh, I think what makes a a good press officer and, and ultimately someone who's good at marketing as well is uh, being able to understand what that order is and tailor each sort of situation to that person. And so I think what we've tried to you know accomplish is how can we tailor uh, each solution for um, a specific problem. Um, and so understanding that you know some of that is a little bit like a bar, and so. Uh, we don't want it to be, you know, too much of a dive box, uh, but, but I think that that sort of informed some of our thinking uh, as we've, you know, uh, Mark worked for the NFL and has uh, won a couple of Emmys and, and as I've had the opportunity to sort of grow in my career. And so um, we thought Skylark was a good name that was sort of uh, rooted in our past, but also uh, something that we really wanted to be uh, looking towards our future as well.
0: And what sort of projects are you going to be working on and I assume some of them will be in soccer
1: yeah I think I think that we'd love to continue to to be rooted in in soccer I think that it's a game that um, both of us are incredibly passionate about Um, I know that it's something that uh, I've worked in professional soccer for the the last 15 years and I've been tremendously lucky uh, to be given a lot of these opportunities and Uh, build a lot of these connections so I hope to continue to sort of uh, lend my experience and expertise in this space Uh, we also want to be doing things uh, I think across sports and entertainment Um, we've got some opportunities right now where we're doing uh, some marketing and brand storytelling for uh, a liquor company Um, we're working on some documentary sort of uh, Higher-level production work um, in the world of sports. Uh, this specific one is uh, in the world of volleyball uh, And then we've got some uh, pickleball ventures and we've got some other um, You know sort of crazy uh, ideas that that we're trying to see if we can push over the line, but um, uh, as much as we can stay sort of I think founded in in soccer and uh... in sports i think is is exciting for us but but also being able to be creative and uh... do some storytelling um, outside of sports and uh, in and around brands i think is uh... will be our sweet spot
0: nice um... and is that basically what all you did in your job when you were with the galaxy
1: yeah um, my job with the galaxy i think uh, I, over time uh, continued to evolve Um, and and i really enjoyed that about it Uh, chris klein was fantastic in in terms of giving me additional opportunities and continuing to sort of grow my scope Uh, at the end with the galaxy i oversaw marketing communications digital broadcast uh, events operations um, and fan engagement uh, which was a Uh, a great opportunity to work with supporters and to sort of uh, continue to engage in the the passionate support that the LA Galaxy had we were able to put in safe standing and so there was parts of the job that were geared towards you know architecture and um, adjusting a certain part of the stadium Um, but yeah the sweet spot for me I think was always uh, the marketing communications digital broadcast side Um, I always uh, you know, levitated towards those things and had great people on our team and was able to I think push the creative envelope when it came to uh, game presentation and fan experience and these, these ways in which we could um, better engage our fans in stadium and, and also in the LA community
0: and what years exactly were you with the galaxy
1: i was with the galaxy 2013 uh, through 2021 i left last february uh so i came in just after david beckham left uh had some great opportunities to work with him uh, when he came back to the club probably most uh specifically around the the david beckham statue that we put in and uh, a fun prank that we got to do with james Corden. um but yeah, the, it, it was an incredible run, I think, to, to come in and uh, sort of be able to be at the helm of a club. Um, once Beckham had left, and to be able to work with someone like Bruce Arena, um, and you know, to have experiences where you know in 2014 I uh, was at LAX and Landon Donovan pulled me aside and said, Hey, I haven't told anybody else this, but I'm retiring at the end of the year, and I want you to plan everything. Um, And so, for someone like me, who uh, I think Landon and I are around the same age, you know, for someone like me who you know grew up watching Landon in 2002, and uh, you know, being somebody in the soccer space who I thought very highly of, to to be sort of be given that charge, I think was. uh, you know, these were opportunities that, that I was extremely grateful for, and tried to make sure that uh, I answered emails quickly and, and did everything that I could to uh, bring those moments to life for as big of an audience as possible.
0: For any listeners who haven't seen it, could you describe the the Beckham statue fun on Corden show?
1: So, uh, th- this one was. A unique one and I think sort of stemmed from a great relationship that we had with with James Corden um, and I think the relationship that James Corden has with with David and and his team Um, we were actually shooting uh, another um, we were shooting a a piece with Zlatan Ibrahimovic um, that ended up having to get cancelled because Zlatan got ill on the shoot um, and so before he left I was able to uh, sort of pitch James on this idea uh, that, that you know James said we should prank David and I let him know we were building this statue and so we were able to to talk this through so the the, the prank is that um, we're trying to show David a sneak peek of a statue that, and this is a statue that the galaxy had you know had been two years in the making uh, we worked with the the same artists who did the Michael Jordan statue outside of the United Center. Um, to just incredible uh, sports sculptors, and um, we we traveled to Chicago to see their studio. And David had been extremely involved the whole time. Um, but the the conceit was that we wanted to show him one last sneak peek, and as we reveal it. Uh, David is known for his extreme good looks and the statue before him uh, is no such thing. Um, (laughs) The butt is too big, the arms are too long, uh, the teeth are jagged, uh, the chin is uh, you know more like Jay Leno's chin than David Beckham's chin. Um, And so uh, James you know sort of pushed the the whole premise and there were people, you know, actors planted who were on site who were calling him Dave Beckham, uh, talking to him about loving his career at Manchester City. Uh, As everyone knows, David famously played at Manchester United, Um, and and a lot of it was, you know, James wanted to make sure that we pushed the prank to the limit where eventually the, the statue breaks and, you know, James runs out uh but there were some pensive moments in there where where i thought that oh man is this like is this prank you know going to to be pulled off um but david was an incredible sport about it and uh i think a credit to to james and and his tremendous staff for being able to put together something and uh yeah it it, it, i think for the galaxy and and i think even as james corden show goes um you know Millions of millions of views, and uh, and it's something that I think people still talk about today, every now and again.
0: If you haven't seen it, check it out. I assume it's on YouTube somewhere. It, it is on YouTube. Yes, right? you
1: can be one of the you know forty million other people <laughs> to have checked it out on YouTube.
0: And I mean, it's hard to get stars much bigger than David Beckham. Um, how do you build a relationship in your position, and how long does it take? To build a relationship like that with someone who's in that position.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a couple of things. I think, like anything, you have to earn trust, um, and that that's a, a big part of uh, probably going into any locker room in any sport, and and probably in business as a whole. Um, you have to to show up for people, and um, you have to. I think be authentic and uh, go in with a certain amount of uh, respect and uh, modesty but but also with a, with usually a pretty good plan um, I, I would say most guys are, are pretty open to, to you know t- trusting you and uh, what I always tried to do was I always tried to be myself um, which is you know it probably sounds a little bit uh, cliche and, and trite but um, I'm a chubby-faced idiot, and I I, I tried to never really hide from that. And so I I tried to put myself out there as somebody that um, was always looking out for them. And then I think guys can tell pretty early on, or athletes and players can tell pretty early on, um, you know, what your level is and and what you're after. Uh, And for me, I always wanted to present them with a plan that showed them uh, how much thought and care I put into thinking about their personal brand in addition to the club's brand. And so I think once they saw that, and usually once they saw the plan and then they saw the execution, you could feel that that level of trust was being formed, and I think that will. I think the end goal was to always make them look cool and make them look on brand. And I think when you're able to accomplish that, uh, usually from the jump, uh, a lot of those athletes are on board with you being in their corner. I think another thing that I really had going for me at the Galaxy is that after the president and the general manager you know chris klein and bruce arena in a lot of cases uh or jovan karofsky or uh, some of these other folks involved and the the head coaches uh, the galaxy were really great about me being sort of the first person that they met um and, and the galaxy were great about uh and i think that i was able to grow this over the years but to push that investment to say hey if we're signing Steven Gerrard, let's capture this content in advance. And they'd say, okay, great. Why don't you, you know, Bruce and I have already met with, with Stevie. Why don't you go next? And you explain to them what the expectations are. And you present this plan to them. And so I think when they see that the level of the organization is bought in on, on you and your probably largely silly ideas, uh, I think that the, those athletes also are able to get on board pretty quickly as well.
0: Zlatan Ibrahimovic has sort of a persona unlike any other soccer player I can think of. And it's very him, you know, like I, I kind of know what that's about now and it makes me laugh and, and all of it. Um, how different is it when you're trying to establish relationship with Zlatan than with a Beckham or a Donovan?
1: this will probably surprise a lot of people. Um, Zlatan is the easiest, most professional player I've ever worked with. Um, He is larger than life, but he is, he is human. Um, He's a, he's a father. He's a, uh, you know, he's a footballer, but I think he gets along well with, with most people on a, on a base level and, he was a. I can't say enough good things about him as a professional. Uh, he understands timelines. He understands um, production schedules. He he's he's a pros pro. And you know, is there some level of pushback? Yes. And um, you know, does Laton always want to be on the cover? Uh, yes. And and largely he deserves to be. Um, but when it when it came to working with someone like that, I think I was probably fortunate to have been able to, to cut my teeth with with Landon or learned some specific lessons from Stevie or, you know, had Robbie Keane tell me no, but always say yes. Um, and, and to have, I think, you know, a number of people, you know, sort of push you along the way. And so. Um, But yeah, Zlatan is is larger than life, but but I think he's larger than life in all of the ways that I think some people find to be uh, negative at times. I think that he's larger than life in all of the positive ways as well in terms of, I think, how he goes about his business. and uh, He's a tremendous person and I, uh, I, I was very grateful for the opportunity to work with him.
0: I do have to ask, though, did the thing that Zlatan got ill on, on the Corden thing with, was that because of what he was doing on Corden, or or, so, sh- or should I ask?
1: You know, um, I don't know how much of this can be revealed, um, but it actually sort of probably speaks to Zlatan's character even more. Um, the, the incident on Corden was that, the conceit was that... Uh, players get injured sort of easily and hopefully I'm not giving away a sketch that they're going to be doing at some point. Um, but this idea that, um, you know, sometimes a soccer player may embellish their injury. And so part of, uh, I think what the issue was is that they asked Zlatan to roll around on the floor a few times and Zlatan doesn't die. Uh, largely and doesn't roll around on the floor. And so, uh, I think similar to um, you know Zlatan after his knee injury saying the only person that could hurt Zlatan was Zlatan. And this was a similar situation. The only person that could make Zlatan get sick was Zlatan. Uh, and it's, it's because they had him uh, roll a number of times uh, out of the frame. Um, and to, to his credit, he, he continued on um, and uh, he, you know, he did his best while still uh, having to have a few stoppages of play, um, and eventually, uh, I think we 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 called it off. Um, but he, he was a pro is pro. But yeah, the only thing that, that could hurt Zlatan that day was Zlatan
0: Thank you for sharing. Um, who would be the better action movie heroes, Laton or Beckham? Who,
1: probably both. Good for different reasons. I mean, Beckham is so handsome, um, and Zlatan's one-liners I think are, are probably you know would make the film. Um, but I, I think for for bravado and and someone who would do all of their own stunts, I, I'd probably say Zlatan. Um, but, but I think you know i think that beckham can can hold his own uh, in any film that he wants to make
0: <laughs> one question i always have as someone on the journalist side of the equation who may put in like an interview request for a big magazine story or whatever sort of media production how often would you have to say something or you know, to a prominent athlete or a coach, that they didn't want to hear.
1: Um, I think it's a balance with all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes people don't want to hear that someone wants to talk to them. Um, <laughs> but I think that everyone understands that that that's a part of it. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, I think a lot of it is just being able to have those conversations. Um, and talking through those things in advance. Uh, I think everyone appreciates their point of view being heard and so, uh, you know, I think that you need to, your job is often to inform someone of, of maybe what some of the questions are gonna be uh, and to talk through some of that positioning. Um, but, but I think largely that I, I don't know if I'd ever frame it as that people didn't want, uh, you know, something to be told to them. Um, I think everyone is pretty understanding of what the the game is and and what the truth is in the situation. But I think that there are opportunities in terms of, uh, you know, just trying to. I think honesty is always going to be key, and you have to have those conversations. And sometimes. Uh, Sometimes I think it's more going back to them and saying, hey, here's something that you probably could have said better in this situation, uh, rather than telling them something that, that they didn't want to uh, be told.
0: Gotcha. It's interesting. Um, and I always wondered, especially with a, a big star player coming into the Galaxy or MLS from abroad, You know, we have customs here, media customs, that are just different than in other parts of the world you know our locker rooms are open after games in most cases um and that's not something you run into and and there's going to be women journalists who come into the locker room after the games and that's something that's just part of us sports media and it's been fought for in the courts even in some cases um How would you explain that to uh, Steven Gerrard or Zlatan, like, and and were they aware of that at all before they got here?
1: I I think that that was part of the the positive of being able to set those expectations early. Um, And I think that I was set up for success with a lot of those conversations. Um, Almost all of the athletes that I worked with were open to all of those things. they understood that there was, you know, a level of coming here, <coughs> pardon me, uh, coming to the United States to, to help grow the sport, to help grow Major League Soccer, to help grow the brand. Uh, and so, you know, some of it I think, I think the biggest difference between the United States and the England probably most specifically is how often the players can be available. Um, you know, someone, you know, someone like you know Stevie or, or Keno is is maybe talking once a month, and uh, you know, ahead of a game, or there's you know two players that get grabbed after um, grabbed is probably not the right word. They get requested for um, you know, a flash zone interview after a, a Premier League match. Um, but but almost all the athletes, I think, were well open to, to their understanding of, they were here to, to help grow the sport, um, and were open to, okay, I know that that's gonna be a little bit additive on me, and that I'm gonna need to do pre-game interviews, post-game interviews in the locker room, post-game interviews for TV. And some of that, I think, is just setting that expectation early, um, and and trying to hold your ground. Um, there, there were a couple of instances where uh, you know I'd be, it'd be a post game on Fox, and Robbie Keane has just scored two goals against the Portland Timbers, um, and you know he's screaming at me because he doesn't want to walk to the other side of the field where the set is, um, and using some flavorful Irish language Uh, and I'm getting texts from my mom saying you just won the game you know why why is Keno yelling at you Uh, but but that's all part of it and uh, he was um, all of those guys you know for um, you know for as much as as much uh, stick that they gave you almost all those those guys said yes and and knocked it out of the park and uh, I, I was always appreciative of that and I think uh in, in sometimes a professional sports situation if if somebody's not giving you a hard time maybe maybe they don't like you that
0: much. <laughs> and i think you're a good person to ask this question to because i think one way you may have phrased it over the years was you know you enjoyed this slinging soccer uh, to an american audience <laughs> like what has been done well in your opinion sort of overall of selling MLS to the American public and what do you think could have been done better maybe still could be done better
1: yeah uh, well I appreciate you calling out one of my stupid uh, <laughs> colloquialisms on uh, on Twitter over the years and that I was slinging soccer uh, I've I, I, uh, still uh, grateful to be able to sling some soccer. And, um, yeah. I, you know, I think it, it's an evolution. Um, and I think that a lot of things have been done well, tremendously well. I think uh, I think the league continues to, to focus on investment and um, continues to, to find the right owners, continues to build tremendous stadiums, continues to engage in fan bases that that make the stadium experience i think specifically mls and um can tell these sort of unique american stories you know the the support uh, at a galaxy game or an lafc game uh, or a portland timbers game um, are all sort of unique to themselves Uh, and i think that I think that that's a credit to to the league and to what a lot of people have done to to sling soccer. Uh, I think as it pertains to improvement, I think it's hard to answer a question like that or quantify it in in a certain number of ways. I think that there are always things that collectively can be done. um, And I think that we'll see those things take place as we build towards the 2026 uh, World Cup in the United States. Uh, obviously, these tentpole events are always uh, inflection points for for the league. Um, I think that you continue to see uh, the broadcast numbers uh, improve. Um, you know, maybe they're not you know becoming you know jumping through the roof, but I think steady improvement and seeing a steady increase of of fandom is, is something that we have to be a part of Um, and so I think what I would suggest is just continuing on the course that we're on uh, continuing to invest continue to build fans continuing to tell um, unique stories unique American soccer stories um, unique stories of of why you know bigger players are coming to this league um, and not to sound too much like I'm proselytizing to uh, an American soccer audience or, or like somebody who's been slinging soccer for an MLS club for uh, the last 15 years. Uh, but I, I truly believe that. And I think that uh, the, the power of the sport and I think that what we're seeing in communities large and small uh, will continue to, to grow the fandom in a way that uh, will help the sport you know move towards uh, I think what we'll all consider to be you know uh, both a profitable goal and, and probably uh, an impactful goal for what we want the sport to be in terms of you know can it be as big as, as soccer in England? Hard to say but I think that we'll continue to work towards
0: that. Are there any particular creative projects or types of creative projects that you want to be, working on with the new gig?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone in the space right now wants to have some level of involvement in the build up to 2026. Um, but we've seen that all of the great foundational elements that 1994 laid for our sport. Um, I, I got my degree in creative writing at the University of Colorado. And so I think for me, finding ways to tell unique, engaging, and memorable stories, um, but they de- I don't think that it has to be a specific kind. Um, I, I wanna find ways to tell great stories about uh, this United States men's national team, if, if that's something that I'm working on. Uh, I wanna find a way to tell you know, great stories about uh, people who are fans and consuming this sport um and then i want to tell you know i think find interesting ways to to showcase the trials and tribulations of of what uh people are going through and and how i think this sport is uh in the end enriching them or or telling you know making their life better um i i I worked for the make-a-wish foundation um my my youngest sister had a a -A make-a-wish and Uh, that that's always sort of stayed with me in in a way of just i I think that this sport does such a great job of uh, of being able to impact people in a positive way Um, and so i think finding ways to continue to do that i think is important to me as well
0: brendan hannon is a former senior vice president of marketing for the la galaxy who's now starting a marketing communications and storytelling production agency called skylark brendan Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Grant.
1: Appreciate it. Hopefully I uh, didn't say too much and uh, hopefully it wasn't boring for uh, any of your listeners.
0: No, sir. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Brendan Hannon as well as producer Chris Whittingham. You can now sign up for a free or paid subscription to my newsletter at grantwall.com. The best way to support my work is by taking out a paid subscription. See you next time.